All right. You're rolling with Jason and John, 92.9 FM ESPN. We regroup. Memphis blows a 21-10 lead, Memphis football, that is, and a chance to get really, people really excited, uh, I think, about this program Friday night. Our man John Martin was there. 35,000 of you were there. Uh, but in the end, it's not enough. Tulane rolls there at the end, 31-21, and it felt like the relevance train. You know, a train sort of runs right past the the sim. Felt like it just the relevance train rolled right on by you, and you missed it. You didn't hop on. Uh, certainly, opportunity missed. Crazy NFL weekend where the last two undefeated teams were beaten. The eyebrow raiser was just who beat those teams. And how about this? Z. Know what that's in reference to? Uh, Zorro, uh, Antonio Banderas. Yeah, 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 I was watching Zorro all weekend. That's what I was doing. That's a good movie, dude. Somebody called me this morning and said I should be doing a victory lap. I said it's not time for that. Have we played a Z. single regular season game yet? Yes, I did. Exactly. And but, it's victory lap time? The, the point of this person, this uh, again, someone's very plugged in, was that preseason does translate. Well, yeah. But Summer league don't do a thing, but preseason doesn't, can and it does can, it can. translate. We... I already see. I already see what I'm facing today. Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, a non-believer. The, the the last preseason game of the season for both of these teams. I mean, like again, I I'm not I'm not Z against the idea that he could have a great year. Oh, he's making his case. Well, I didn't a great year. Just can we start? Can we start the season as the fifth starter and see what happens from there? He should be starting okay. at this stage right. in his career. Again, nobody's saying doing victory laps. The, the, as the, I told this person, the bar it ain't time continues yet. to be on the flow. And ain't nobody doing respect burgers off of preseason performances. Thank you. We got to see it in a regular I season. I mean, there does have to be a little standard here. Z, confidence is growing. It's like it's like it's like confidence is growing. That, that's what everybody says every time about him. Okay, everybody says that. You, oh, he you, looks confident. He made two shots. I mean, come on, guys. Let's just let's let it play out. You know. You've seen it, though, not just in the regular season. You've seen it in a playoff series. From it's yeah. not like we haven't seen anything at all. Agree. That that's where I would be if we if, if we've never seen anything in the regular season. I totally get we, but you got to give a little bit of room because again, we saw it against Golden State. Saw a guy average eight points as a rookie, chase Steph all around, mm-hmm. chase Steph Curry all around the floor. Mm-hmm. So can he get the confidence back to get back to something like that? Now with the fifth starter spot wide open, yeah, we shall see. I don't know what uh, people's Zeke. expectations for him are. I really don't. I mean, I you know, I, I, you know, I, I would like to see that sort of put into uh, you know relative terms. It, it, this ain't about like, oh, I was pulling for Zaire and now I'm right. This is really about trying to find the highest exactly. ceiling uh, for, for, the for with what you got, and it is him for that spot. I, I and you feel like you. it's him I right totally now. Agree. At least he's you know on a path. To at least get the opportunity. He's the most. He could very well fail, John. He and, could. And, and what will be good about that is we can move on. Yeah, it's you not know really what I'm a high-stakes thing, right? I mean, you move, I mean, use the top ten on him, but a lot well, of top and, ten and, picks and, miss. And, and New Orleans got Trey Murphy, and yeah. we can that we see what Trey's hurt. done. That one's going to hurt no matter what Zaire does. But, yes, he's the most natural fit. I mean, he's the, he he's much better just in terms of the spot than Luke Kennard, for example, bro. Like His, his size. And, Again, you right. Know, and, I mean, and length, versatility, all it. that. Go take it. Exactly. Let's you know? let's. Well, you know, it's a good. It'd be a good thing for the Grizzlies if he does. It's good to see though him perform well again. Yes. Yesterday, it would certainly it would certainly be disturbing, right? If he was not performing well, mm-hmm. I mean, that would be the part where you're like, oh my goodness, this is probably. But then you'd be all. We could almost be at a point too where we like, okay, let's let's move on. Let's yeah. let's try something else. 
Um, at least what it looks like, again, he's putting himself in, encouraging, a, in position. Encouraging, you know, and, and let's hope that it continues on into the regular season when these games matter. Uh, hey, Jason Fitz going to join us today at 125. We've got a lot to get to with him. NFL action uh, over the weekend. It's a crazy NFL weekend. It was a very random NFL weekend. Uh, had a lot of weird wins. The uh, Cleveland Browns. Niners should have won. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Field, field goal wins the game. But we, we finally we finally did decipher, you know, the San Francisco 49ers' weakness. We were wondering what it was, and now we know. What, hurt the players? P.J. Walker is the Cleveland Browns, dude. Stop. The Cleveland Browns are their kryptonite, man. What's well, crazy, we cut him to go to Bajant, who ends up on the field because yes. Fields is out as the number two. Well, you know. P.J. Fran- was so bad for the Bears in the preseason all the that time. He- well, even with guaranteed money, they cut him. Yep. He goes out and gets a win against the Niners. Explain uh, the NFL to that, me. That is Explain the, it. That is the most NFL crazy. thing ever. That That's the crazy. The Browns handed the Niners their first loss with P.J. Walker at quarterback. I mean, that it, it truly is. It's the most NFL thing that's ever happened. Uh, I guess you could blame the Philly loss, too, real quick, on, a, on an injury, yes. as you point out to me. Yes. Yet, but But still... I don't know. I mean, that's Niners, there. it that's, felt like all their weapons were going down. With yeah. them, you're talking about a right tackle. Who, yeah. Yes, it does make a difference. What's my Lance? What's my guy's Lane. name? Lane. Excuse Lane. me. Yeah, that was very disrespectful on your Stop. part. Stop. I like. I yeah. Right. He's the number one right tackle in the league, apparently. PFF. So I mean, especially for that team. Uh, but you know, I don't know. I I forgive the Eagles a little bit. I mean, it's in New York, like on the road. Um, uh, not a division game here. Uh, well, you, what you could say is they've been playing with this yeah, for a while, all exactly season right. long. Yeah, kind of they've, the been they've been flirting uh, for mm-hmm. sure with an with an L. Uh, Bills should have lost last night. Let's be clear about that. I mean, that was a brutal non-call. It, it, the, it the, the one they didn't it call was. was worse than the one they did call. True. And that's weird. Like, what? Mm. I mean, it is possible to be interfered with on two consecutive plays. Absolutely. I mean, this dude's jersey's getting pulled. Like, I don't know. I don't want to open the can of worms of reviewing pass interference calls, right? Yeah. Because that would just slow the game down and take forever. But I don't know. I feel like maybe inside of a minute, if there's a if you know in a in a one score game or something, you can stipulate it like it should be reviewable. Because if they reviewed that, they mm-hmm. would have then determined he was interfered with. But I understand people probably don't want that unless it benefits their team. You know. So I don't know. I I uh, I felt bad. Tyrod Taylor and that Giants team played their ass off last night. I mean, you can't ask. I mean. I think the Giants have an issue on their hands because Tyrod Taylor is looks like by far the better quarterback to me than Daniel Jones. I've watched a lot of that Giants team, right. and Daniel Jones had the had better actually, believe it or not, offensive lines than the one Tyrod had last night, and he was taking ten sacks a game. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I just it's a problem. It's a problem. So man, it was a uh, it was a it was a crazy NFL weekend. I uh, I took one of the worst beats of my entire life. Uh, oh, that's never fun. On the New England Patriots plus three, it, it's up there. It's up there. I, uh, I, I, I really, I reacted to that one. Safety. The safety in the last that's play of the you. game, basically, right? The last wow. meaningful play of the game. Uh, it's third and fifteen. Mac Jones in the end zone. Pats, Pats down two. Takes a sack. Yep, you had plus three. Twenty-one seventeen, right? That's the final. Oh my gosh! That's the final. Yeah, that was a. Uh, you said you you reacted. I, I did. You didn't punch I, through a wall. No, no, no. I threw the remote though. I did throw the remote. Okay. I was. I had a bad feeling, right? Because it's Mac Jones backed up into his own end zone. Like I was sort of expecting like a hold or something, you know? Like, and obviously that would be the same thing, because they kept they kept backing up. They kept the delay a game, a hold here, yep. you know. 
And then it's just like, you know, the Raiders were getting to him all day. Crosby's bearing down. And then he just he just inexplicably just holds on to the ball. We'll touch on Patriots, if you can believe it, and respect burgers later. I can't wait for this. It's what a former Patriots said. I can't wait for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> exactly. If I told you it was something from the game, we, yeah, you'd have a brutal. problem moving on with the show. It's what a former Patriots said about the situation. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's a good tease. So we'll do that at 1 o'clock, and then uh, Jason Fitz is going to join us at How about that tease? 25. I yeah, like it. Seven years in. Yeah, I should be. I should be up on my teases. I wanted, now. I, I, now I'm, now I'm dying to know what this – I have a feeling what this former Patriot said, uh-huh. but I don't know exactly, so I'm going to have to wait until 1 o'clock to find that out. Yep. Uh, so hopefully you guys will uh, stay with us. So that's the show today. Uh, but mm, – but there was a college football game played on Friday well, night. Yeah. And, and I'm traveling to Atlanta, and I'd like you to pick up here – uh, Chris, keeping me abreast of the situation in Memphis as we're driving to the ATL for the weekend. Faith had a wedding there. I'll explain that. It's 21-10, he tells me from the back seat. It was 21-10. And I said, Chris, this is great. It was great. Memphis football about to get people excited. Yes. I mean, especially from where it had been yes. earlier in that game. It looked like they had command at 21-10. Yes. What happened? Well, first of all, you got to understand the time of, of the Game two, it was 21 10 in the middle of the third quarter. Correct. I mean, it wasn't 21 10 in the second. I mean, it was 21 10 after half. You had scored three straight touchdowns, yeah. correct? Yes. Uh, and your defense had done a, a, a tremendous job. The only touchdown they had scored at that point was set up by a Seth Hennigan pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, other than that, the defense had really done a fantastic job. So it's 21 10. School me, was that pick, real quick, was that pick the one that was his fault or yes. the one that wasn't? Yes. The first yeah, one was point, his. Yeah, the first one was Led just to a their bad first throw. score. Yeah. Got it. It's a bad throw and uh, forced the situation, and uh, he paid for it. And they scored on that on that drive. Um and then I, I mean, look, uh, the 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 Memphis defense just let go of the rope. There's really no other way. I saw to, they couldn't get off the field on yeah. third down after that had been yeah. literally the best yeah. in the conference at it. Yeah. Been good against Missouri, Boise State at it. Yeah, just could it, not it, get off the field on third down in this game. Like the, the issue with this game is that Memphis's offense and its defense could not play well at the same time. Mm. Like in the beginning of the game, Memphis's defense was playing great. And Memphis' offense was just abysmal. Yep. And then it flipped. Memphis' offense started playing well. Seth made some throws. He did. He did. He went in with simple over the middle, you know, which they were giving him. They took advantage. Uh, and, you know, the deep stuff one-on-one. Crossing the back of the end zone. Yeah, I mean, that was a hell of a throw. Nice touch on that, that ball. That's what I'm yeah. getting at. I, yeah. I saw him getting dogged afterwards. That's why I was disappointed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I saw there during the run, he yep. was performing well. Absolutely. Uh, but, uh, you know, look, I, I, I will give the defense a little bit of grace. Uh, hits Rock Taylor in the hands. And they pick it off, and that's just you know short field. That's going to really put Memphis defense in a disadvantageous spot. Um, but yeah, they they couldn't stop anything in the second half. Um, and and after that drive, you know you just kind of felt the um, you felt the air get sucked out of the building, right? It was after that that pick that went off Rock Taylor's hands, and of course they they converted it and went up. I think it was a field goal at that time. Then Memphis uh, sort of just. Spontaneously combusted, a low blow, dude uh, hit him in the balls. I mean, it was just. Yeah, that was ugly. It, it just really unraveled. Uh, honestly, in a way that we saw a lot last season, just having a lead and. Uh, That's supposed to be the offseason yeah. uh, theme was finished. It right? Just watching it slip away. Um, you know, the run game never got going. Yeah, I mean, it was just like 21 10. And I, was like, I don't know if Memphis psychologically thought the game was over. I don't know what, but uh, obviously they didn't score after that. Uh, and Tulane did. 
Uh, and and in the end, Tulane looked like it was in a different weight class for the majority of the game. You know, trenches they were bigger and better. Well, you we know, knew that. Yeah. Uh, the receivers were much quicker. You know, they were abusing Memphis's secondary one-on-one 35. I mean, they just they just knew exactly what they wanted to do, oh, man, and they executed. And Memphis, Memphis, like, I don't know what Memphis's game plan was on offense. I'm going to be honest with you. They didn't really have one thing that they were doing. You know, they didn't run the ball at all. You know, what did work for them over the middle, they didn't do enough of. Uh, and at the beginning of the game, they weren't even trying to take that. They were just going one-on-one deep throws to receivers that, quite frankly, aren't up to snuff in terms of making those types of plays. Mm-hmm. You know, this Memphis offense, I know people say it's boring, but the only way it's going to work is if it's super simple. You know, that's the only way it's going to work. Um, and and so, I don't know. I don't know what Memphis's game plan was. Obviously, they just didn't have an answer at some point, um, you know, for the, for the two-lane offensive attack. And uh, and they just they fall short there uh, at the end. So I don't know. Look, it, Tulane's good. I mean, we know that. So yeah, back in the polls. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not. Look, it's not a shocking uh, result that Tulane won. They were the favorite, and I had to explain to people uh, over over the weekend also what an upset is because a lot of people are confused. But uh, it's just the way that it unfolded that I think is is the discouraging piece of it. You know, having that lead once again. Blowing a two-score lead at home, you've been a great third-down defense all season long. Right, you wilt time and time again on third down. Last chance to get out of the field, you can't do it. Um, and so, yeah, it just sort of it 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 sort of takes a lot of the shine off of a season that felt good, um, you know. And, and it sort of calls into question, like, are are you just a product of a, a, a really soft schedule and and the, and the opponents that were similarly talented to mm-hmm. you? you could not beat, and you lose by a touchdown plus in both of those games. So, I don't know. It was a very uh, very unfortunate loss for the program, I felt. Why just five carries, 13 yards for Blake Watson? I realize that Sutton Smith gets four carries, goes 22 yards. Maybe he's a little bit more mm-hmm. successful against that big front. But was that a deal? Because it, I, I heard Ryan Silverfield after the game say, Chipped, he was chipped, but then yep. you know you're also looking at other guys. So I'm not, I'm unclear whether Blake Watson was hurt because it seemed like from everybody watching he wasn't. Why just in a game like yeah. that, your your guy, the the stud for you, also one of your only guy, playmakers. A guy that Calvin Austin just holds, he thinks is a pro. Yep. I, I don't think you just throw that by the wayside when a, when a pro says that about another guy. I just why so few touches for him? I get, I guess that goes to your question about you're not sure what they're you know offensively was. I really don't know. so inconsistent. I really don't know what yeah, the game a guy was. like this, in a game like that. You just figure, you know, your dynamic playmaker Absolutely. all season long is going to get more than five touches. Is it, and I hope that's not you know something that you know lingers if there's an issue there. It just I didn't think we got a, a full. I, uh, I didn't get a full understanding of why there wasn't more touches for him in a game like that, um, you know, where, where you need big plays. Maybe we can get more from, you know, once Silver, we get what Silverfield says today about it. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just seems unusual. Yeah, and so then you take, you take the loss and you sort of set that aside. You're now firmly going to be out of the conversation for an AAC title game um, because, you know, it's, it's – I would, I would probably. You, I mean, if you run the table, you're not back there. You need UTSA to lose. You need help because you I don't mean, play them. Yeah, you need a lot yeah. of help. So I mean, it's it's. You and you'd know, have to take care of business against SMU. You know, I mean, you have to run the table. I mean, that's what he's asking. And that's very difficult you to hold to out do. hope for. And there just hasn't been. There's not much reason to. Yeah. 
there's no reason to believe that Memphis can run the table. I know the opposition is 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 bad, but it's very difficult to do that. Will they be on it all's against SMU? The ones in November. It's here, right? Uh huh. No. So they'll it'll be a pick probably. They'll be favored in all the others. I think so. I think so. But it's again. That's, it's unfortunate that you had a one game opportunity really to have have it all just in the sense it felt like the yeah. excitement, everything else. Yeah. And now to get back maybe even close to anything, you'd have to run the table. Like you, you see the, the the job difference there. That's the corner you've backed yourself into. Yeah, I mean, so look, you uh I mean, yeah, Memphis will not be underdogs for the rest of the season. I Mm-mm. feel pretty confident in saying that because you're four and a half point favorite five uh at some spots against UAB. North Texas is not very good. Uh South Florida at home, Charlotte's awful on the road. SMU at home, Temple on the road. I mean, that again, Memphis, I feel pretty confident in saying this, is not going to run the table. I, I mean, I just like North Texas, for example. I think UAB is going to be wild. I think North Texas is. I watched a lot of North Texas this weekend against Temple. Like they can score. Their quarterback's pretty good. They have a, they have a great right. receiver, the cousin of Jeremy Macklin. Like they're going to give Memphis some problems, you know. Um, especially with again what we saw, the offensive line and defensive line uh, disadvantage won't be nearly as as gaping as it was against Tulane. But you know, I don't know. You're going to need some help. SMU will be interesting. That's probably the next game of the season where you're like, okay, this is, you know, but that's not till November 18th, Jason. Are you saying eight and four? What are they now? And four if, and two? Yes, they have two losses, and you just basically made a case for losing SMU. I think eight and four is the most likely. I think eight and, and four and, is and, most and, likely and, with and, an outside shot at nine and three. And what do we do with that? Didn't we say that's worst, almost worst case scenario? Yeah. Because you're not excited enough to say, yeah. here's the contract extension because right, Ryan right, right, Silverfield's right. the guy. Exactly. And you're not, you're not so angry that you can say, "Yeah, let's move on. We got to make a you know a run at a Justin Puente type or something like that." Well, we have to. Have what do a, you do with we, eight we, and four when you we, talk about there's no appetite? Well, we, well we, we have to have a very honest conversation about this, right? Because there is, I think, a, a secondary level of analysis required when you're talking about this job, this league, Memphis as a whole, as a program, right? There is really no scenario where Memphis shouldn't go 8-4 and four in this league. It is awful. And you don't get UTSA this season, for mm-hmm. example. That would be more like 7-5 and five if you got UTSA. So, let's, I mean, let's just stipulate that. If Harris that. is healthy. And yeah. All, all, all if, let's just say UTSA, everybody's I, I healthy, mean, right? for your case, yes, yeah. we'll, we'll roll with that. And you would, be, you would lose to them. But, I mean, you were losing to UTSA if you played them this year. There's no doubt. Here, there, anywhere, it doesn't matter. They're a better team, mm-hmm. I would say, in this league. Uh, and they have more talent. I mean, I, they just do. They have NFL receiver, maybe an NFL running back, and Frank Harris is a better quarterback than Seth Hennigan. Um, so you'd be an underdog to them. So I just think, you you know, look, it's not, it's not embarrassing, but it's also not inspiring. It's also not something that's going to elevate you or keep you in the conversation nationally. Um, it's, just, it's just fine. It's just whatever, you know. It's, it's to me, the default. You know, I mean, if any anything worse than eight and four would be a, an absolutely miserable season in this league. I mean, you're talking about Boise State, which lost to Colorado State this weekend, bad team. Um, Arkansas State, god awful. Navy, bad. Bethune Cookman, I mean, why that? Whatever. You know, UAB first year coach, North Texas first year coach, South Florida basically first year coach, Charlotte embarrassing, Temple embarrassing. I mean, you just have nothing but slop on your schedule, right? These are not equal talent, equal programs in, in terms of what Memphis is and the resources that they have and the mm-hmm. stability that they have. So eight and four to me is like, of course, what else would it be? 
You know, that's what the it's what the number was uh, by Vegas in the preseason. It's probably what it's going to land on. So it's neither it's neither um, better than expected nor worse than expected. It just sort of is. And I think when Memphis football exists in that space, it is not how you go from thirty seven to 45 or, you know, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. It's how you go from 37 and you don't win that game to 30 the next time you're at home, which is not going to be until uh, November the 4th. I just think that's the issue that we're dealing with here with with an 8-4 and type of season. It's just in this league, that is mediocre. In this league today. So if you're Larry Veach, you don't – you tell Ryan Sofield, we're just running it to the end of your contract? We can't give you an extension off eight and four. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I think you, you know, his agent's going to be saying, "Hey, we need this right. to continue to recruit and, and 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 be able to say we're secure and everything else." Yes. If you're Laird Beach and you're, I, you've I mean, got that call, what, that's what I'm asking you: is what you do with eight I think, and four? I think you because get, that that's the question. I, I think that it's going to land. Well, you give it, you give Ryan Silverfield one of those sort of like Daniel Jones type extensions, right? Like it's not going to it's going to be like a two year extension. It's not going to be like some big five year deal. With a massive buyout, I mean, there's just no way you can do that. There's no way you can do that right now with a straight face until you see this team contend. They have not contended. They have not contended for the AAC since Ryan Silverfield got I'm, the I'm job. I'm saying, how do you at eight and four, but with no belief? Well, yeah, I mean, they're eight. Wait, and four. How, how do you hand over anything, even if well, it's something that yeah. you can easily get off of? I don't exactly because I think what you have to ask yourself that, is that that's the toughest spot to be in. You're eight and four. Okay, you go to the Montgomery Bowl. Fine. Did, did you ever at any point have a chance to win your league? Were you in the AAC championship game? And what does the future, by the way, look like? Because Seth is almost for sure gone after this year. I mean, it might be time to move on for both parties. Well, it certainly seems like, you know, in terms of the improvement steps, it's with, not happening. That we've reached it's a, not happening. A, a I mean, ceiling. Yeah, I mean, look, you What's just have that? to be having an honest discussion about it. It's not, it's not bad. It's not like Memphis football is 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 a poverty program. It's not like you know the the days at the end of Tommy West or Larry Porter or whatever. You know, it's not that bad, but it's not that good. And the resources have are are remarkably better than those two. Yeah, coaches but the problem had. with that, John, is that apathy continues to set in, exactly. and you set yourself back farther if you continue to you know you continue to go forward. You'd almost be no, better off. If it was bad, you'd almost be better 100%. off because you could write, "This is it. We have to make the change now. Exactly. We can stop the bleeding. Put the tourniquet on." That you'd be almost better off in that point. What I'm saying, eight yeah. and four with nobody believing in you, that's almost worse. Yes, but because eight, because it can threaten to set the thing further back. Well, yes, with more apathy going into the next season, uh, recruiting. How does that go? Transfer portal guys. Do I even want to come in? They don't win AAC titles. They don't. They're not in contention. But eight and four in a year where you got Tulane at home, Boise at home. Uh, you know, you didn't have to That's play That's what I'm UTSA. saying. It, like, it ain't even a good 8-4. and four. Yeah, like, There's no yes. belief in that 8-4 and four is what I'm telling it you. It has to be so, an honest discussion about what it really is, you know, because it, it requires that. So, look, I, I, I like I said, they're going to go to a bowl game, and you can't fire coaches for going to a bowl game, but it's a, it's a short-term extension, and it's not a big buyout. I can't do that. I cannot do that because it's just not – I don't – I still don't – like the, buyout, come and get him. That's what you said about Pastner. Right. Doug, Jeff compared it to the Josh situation in terms of yes. where you are with apathy, where right. you are with you know not wanting yes. to give a, a, a true contract extension exactly. because you feel like it's pretty much running its course. Because look, Ryan Turfield is, is a is a very so, good guy, but but in, in in terms of the promises that he made, in terms of the the the, the his own what? sales pitch to keep this job was I am going to maintain the level of excellence at Memphis that I've been a part of for the last four or five years. And not only has he not done that, the AAC is worse. They have lost 
all of the good teams, Houston's gone, UCF is gone, SMU is about to be gone, uh, Cincinnati is gone. So all of those, all those teams are gone, and you still, still are not on track to be in the AAC championship game. That is unacceptable. That's pretty much what I said was the goalpost. Unacceptable. You have to be in contention. And yes, the, the margin of error is slim, but it's slim for everybody in this league. It's in, it's un, it's unfortunate that it was right there for the taking. Uh, it's you, you can't were four and one and you're up twenty one ten. We're not having anything close to this conversation. We're talking about how good can it be? And you blew it. And you blew it at home in, a, in an advantageous position, which you don't get many of. You absolutely blew it. And so, look, I, you know you you know, and we may even take some calls on this, but um, I just I I don't think the arrow is pointing up for this program right now. I think it's pointing like you know, horizontally, you know, and, and it's like it, 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 you don't want to move laterally. You don't just want to go along and get no, along no. because. My case is I'd rather have it, it pointing down yeah. than, as you're saying, yeah. than in the middle yeah. laterally. It's just in the middle. It's, it's, it's to, neither good nor bad. It's just okay. It's just fine. And Down and, or up. You don't want middle. Exactly. That's the worst place to be. So I think it is a, it is a very difficult decision. And in the end, I mean, it's we know how this stuff works in Memphis. It's only if and when the boosters sort of raise their voices on this, and I don't know that they will, but uh, at some point, you know, you, you would just think that the, the, the step would happen. And we're four years into this thing, uh, and it has not happened. And when they were up twenty-one ten, and the crowd into the game, and it felt yeah, it felt like it was going to happen. It felt like oh, this is the watershed. You're on moment. the precipice, and Silverfield's about to. Here we to, go. You're about to put it, yourself you were in that. Yeah, the feeling was there inside. Twenty-one ten, man. Twenty. It's two scores at home. You didn't had rolled to it too. It was like twenty-one. Yeah, up I mean, it felt like the game had absolutely flipped. Yep, it felt like the game had flipped. And uh, man, and then, you were right there. And then the defense couldn't get stops. And then Seth Hennigan and, and Rock Taylor couldn't connect. And that's all she wrote. So. Look, I, I mean, I know this is this is a this is a sobering sort of discussion. I get uh, that. to be that close to seizing the opportunity, but 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 and it then, was, and then you fall. You almost it almost unravels everything you've done this season. I mean, it really does. Well, let's be clear, you've beaten, it absolutely no, does. You've beaten no one. What is your most impressive win? Boise State well, at home, and Boise State just lost this weekend, and that doesn't help you at all. They lost to Colorado State, man. I could, I would I could come in here and make a case. Missouri helped more. They look good this weekend. Get you a nice win at Kentucky. That looked good. That helps you there, but. I mean, you, lost, you still lost, you know? I mean, did they lose to Kentucky? No, they won, right? They beat Kentucky yeah, is what yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah, but it, it, but dude, if that's what I'm saying. You oh, were in you, position. If you had beaten Tulane. Yes, yeah, if yeah, you had yeah, beaten exactly, Tulane. Exactly right. You got Missouri's back in the rankings now. Yeah. Like, that seven-point loss looks good. Yeah, exactly right. So It was all right there for the taking yeah, in look, one night. Look, people, people. One game. You know. A couple it, of quarters. It's not that much different than Tubby Smith, honestly. It's really not that much different in terms of they were winning 20 games a year, and that was fine. But you just know it should be better. Um, going to the going to the uh, Boca Raton Bowl is not the same as going to the NCAA tournament. You know, just yeah. not. Well, I mean, I, it, in my opinion. So to me, it's like eight and four in this league is 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 a is a must. And it, I mean, if you do anything worse than eight and four in this league with this schedule, it, it's disastrous. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's like did you did you lose a quarterback, two quarterbacks? Uh, you know, I. I don't know. Should we take calls? We haven't taken calls in a while. Should we get the pulse? Uh, yeah. Maybe I, we're I, off I, base. Maybe I mean, Oh, I don't think we're off base. I think I got a feeling it's going to be a little bit more negative. Uh, there'll be a little bit more vitriol. People that are that are sort of tired of the mediocrity just ready to jump off, but that's the that's the contingency. You can can you can't jump off 8 and 4. Can you? You're you're just in a situation where 
I think you're you're talking about whether or not you're sliding over a contract extension. Now so, that so you, Jeff you, says you, he has two more years left. So you wouldn't there, have to there, make there the extension. There ain't, no, ain't no extensions coming until next year. You'd have to make the decision, right? <laughs> and so next year is going to be the one. Next year is going to be the next one. Next year with it already dead though, dude. Eight oh, and I know, four. Yeah. Nobody's bought in. Nobody's believing as it is. What have you done in the transfer portal after an eight and four? Nobody believes. You know, and uh, we'll see what happens with Blake. But if it goes bad there, I'm just saying your your transfer portal success be hard to continue to get guys here. You know, difference makers at least. Yeah. Ooh. Exactly. Uh, so anyway, remember they slipped the other the the extra year in. Yes. Uh, what was it last year? Or whatever else, Giannato talks about all the time where they slipped that extra year of on his contract. That's why it's two instead of the one. It feels like it should be. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, anyway, that's the uh, that's the that's the latest. We'll take some calls. What's the uh, what's the phone number here? Four four five zero nine two nine. Four four five zero nine two nine. What do you make of the Memphis football program right now? Future of Ryan Silverfield. Where we are? Are we being too uh, uh, you know pessimistic? Are we being too negative? Happy to hear the other side of this. We'll take your calls on when we come back. Jason and John, I'd be trying to family ESPN. Four four five zero nine two nine is our number if you want to. Call in and have your voice heard. Sound off, Jason. <laughs> as they say, on Memphis football, on the future of Ryan Silverfield as coach. Your thoughts on the game on Friday. Let us know. We go to uh, Didi in Cordova. Didi, you're on. Hey, guys. Uh, not even sure why we're even having a conversation about a contract extension. I mean, his his body of work, it's it's indefensible. I mean, uh, last week, last, I mean, I'm a season ticket holder. I've been to every home game since before the Larry Porter era. I mean, I was there when Mississippi state killed us when Richard Williamson was the coach. This isn't acceptable. Not in this league, John, you're exactly right. It's not acceptable. I mean, a Fuente or a Norvell coached team with this talent would not have scored 21 points in that game the other night. I mean, when, when you, when you, throw six or eight completions across the middle of the field and score three touchdowns, and then you never throw across the middle of the field again the rest of the game, and it's basic common sense. The foot speed on all of his teams, we're, we're so much slower. Hennigan has regressed. Uh, special teams aren't as good as they were. Uh, I mean, you, you basically have hired a guy. Why are we talking about extending uh, a coach's contract that if we fired him, he would never get another head job at this level ever again. We hired a guy who'd never been a coordinator. I mean, why are we having this conversation? Eight and four? We'll be lucky to be eight and four, guys. But what if you are? Is And I would say you're, you're, that is very likely to be the record if you're eight and four. I mean, because on, on paper it is – it sounds it sounds really good. So what do you do with a coach who's eight and four? That's what Laird Veach is going to have to answer. John, eight and four is no margin of error. Do you want to bet on the University of Memphis football team as it stands today, having no margin of error? I do not. I, mean, I, I, I would bet seven and five before I bet eight and four. Wow. The, 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 mean, the league is awful. It's awful. I mean, it's it's. I mean, and and look at the way we have lost the games in the last couple of years. I mean, look at the Houston game last year. 
I mean, how I mean, how we just basically gave that game away. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at the UTSA game at home two years ago. I mean, when they just basically said, we're going to line up, we're going to run it down your throat. I don't care if you got a three-touchdown lead. We're still going to run it down your throat. We couldn't stop them. Yeah. And, I mean, this this is uh, – we're up, we're up two scores. We get the ball back, and we run the ball two times, and then we throw – remember now, this is after we've thrown six or eight balls across the middle of the field, scored three touchdowns. We run the ball two times up the middle, and then we run the ball from the right hash, and we roll out to the left side, an 18-yard out, one of the hardest throws in football on a guy that literally his arm isn't as strong now as it was two years ago, throwing against his body, incomplete punt, now he can't stop. I mean, we're up 21-10, and we flat-out got out coach the rest of the game. So Tulane shouldn't have a better football program than we have. They shouldn't have a better coach than we have. They shouldn't have a better quarterback than we have, but they do. Yeah, Didi, appreciate the call, man. Appreciate the thoughts there. Uh, four four five oh nine passion there. Two nine. Yeah, there it is. Dennis in Whitehaven. Dennis, you're on. Hey guys, look, man, I agree with a lot of stuff that you done, but the only thing I would say, sort of to your point too, let's just see what happens, man. I mean, it, it was a horrible game, it was a horrible loss. Now it, it, it have a way of working itself out. Because if the wheels fall off, I think all of our answers, uh, all of our questions will be answered. So let's just see what happens. Let's take it one game at a time. Let's see what happens in the UAB game and see if he can write the ship. He says he he knows the problem. So we'll see. <laughs> I mean, so. I think the problem, I, Dennis, is that the wheels, it, it, if the wheels fall off, it is obvious. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. The, but the, li- but the, the likelihood, not good enough for the right? Wheel, the not, likelihood not is that they enough. will not fall off. They will just sort of continue to wobble down the street. <laughs> so what do you do? Well, I, I mean, I, I think if they lose at least about four or five more games, man, oh, yeah, I that'd, think, be, that'd, I think be, that'd be a that'd be a reverse sweep there. That's Dennis. easier. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Dennis, thanks for the call, Thank man. You, appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, four four five zero nine two nine. Yeah, let me say this: if if Memphis loses five games. The rest of the season, yeah, Ryan Swanfield's gone. <laughs> That's pretty obvious. Uh, we go to Tony. Tony, you're on. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's up, Tony? First of all, let me say happy birthday to you, Jason. I know it's coming up. We share the same birthday. Happy birthday, Tony. <laughs> Thank you, man. Happy early birthday. Yep. Yeah, that's right. And also, let me say hi to John. But I could have sworn that we had this same conversation last year. And everybody said, let's just wait and see what happens. Almost the same thing. This guy's just maybe a little slightly better than a 500 coach. He held the program hostage to get the job. He made phone calls to, to prior uh, players and things like that. Seemed like the only somebody that's happy with him is D'Angelo Williams. So I'm just saying at some point, the writing is on the wall because I totally agree with you guys. The conference has gotten worse. They're talking about getting what, $200 million to redo the stadium. Why? For somebody to have to come out there and watch him? So at some point, the writing is on the wall and his choices have to be made. That's what the AD job is all about. Eight and four is unacceptable, especially with a loss like that. Tell Hennigan is slightly better than he was his freshman year. And everybody was worried about losing him. Losing? I mean, because I still see him as the same that he was and no, not much improvement. Same way with uh, Ryan Silverfield. So we had this conversation last year. What are we going to keep doing? Having it every year after year? Because this is all it's going to be. So you guys have a wonderful day. Enjoy your birthday. Appreciate you. you Tony, too, thanks Tony. for the call. 
uh, 445-0929. I, I, I agree on I mean, Seth. We've been doing wait and see for a long time. And I think Seth is, is one of the um, – one of the more, I think, damning pieces of it. I mean, he he has not gotten better, um, and he's a third year starter. You know, you look around, you look at third year starters around the uh, around college football. Mm-hmm. I mean, they look great. You know, and Seth just does not look great. Uh, we go to Jawa. Jawa, you're on. What's up, man? How about doing? What's up, Jawa? Good. Man, Jason, you know I'm praying for you. What's up, John? Your Raiders one. <laughs> yep. Uh, hey, man. Me and my son was at the game. I felt there was great energy, and um, I looked at my son, and I, I couldn't believe I said this. I said, I'm living in an era where Tulane football is better than us. And he said, what you mean? Because you know my son, I, I never thought in my life that Tulane would look bigger, faster, better coached. They were just so organized, especially when it got to the fourth quarter. But there was no hope. Jennifer got to go. We can't. We, I, I look, Tulane could be good, but Tulane cannot be that better than us, you know. And I, I I, just felt like defeated, man. I felt like defeated. Man, it was like 36,000. No, we had the wrestling. I mean, the energy was good, man. But at the end of the game, I, I felt like I felt like uh, he, he he must get fired. Yeah, he got to go, brother. Yeah, have a blessed day. Hey, Joe, Joe. I will say, like, it's just – it's like – for whatever reason, there's always somebody that just moves in front of the line on Memphis. You know, Houston and Cincinnati and UCF, they were in front of Memphis. They leave, right? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and last year was Tulane still, but you get the point. It's Tulane again. Like, it just always feels – it's UTSA. Like, it always just feels like somebody is in front of Memphis. When it's like, when is Memphis going to assert itself? Right. And it's going to be the bully, you know? And this – I mean, this is like – dude, there's like four schools in this league that are maybe like – a, a, a field goal favorite over Rhodes, right? I mean, at four. So, I mean, it's bad, bro. John. Hey, guys. How are y'all today? Hey, John. Hey, listen. Um, the first guy pretty much said a lot of the things that that me and a lot of people are are thinking. First of all, in the last couple of years – this coaching staff has lost four or five games where we had big leads and or we were favored in the games. So that, you know, six and six the last two years. If you think about the two-lane game Saturday night, we had two turnovers that resulted in 14 points. Not one person I've heard has mentioned this, but we had a short kickoff. Yes, uh, yes, after the touchdown. The yep. 10-yard line. Yep. They ran it back to yep. the almost midfield. Mm-hmm. Guess what that resulted in? Seven points. Mm-hmm. That's, 20, that's 21 points. And then when is, when is the last time you saw one of our defensive backs have a freaking clue where the ball was? They never turn around. They never know where the ball is. It's either going to be a completed pass or a pass interference call that's the most frustrating thing to me that i can imagine uh, one other thing we were out rushed by 100 yards by two we had we had what 40 or 50 yards rushing in the whole game ryan silverfield says every game he could just flip on a recording hey guys we got a lot of things that we need to get fixed and that's my job to fix it i'm going to get this fixed and it's the same thing every single game, 
and it's time to make a change for sure. Hey, John, thanks for the call. 445-0929. If you want to get your thoughts in on Memphis football, we'll take a few more here. We go to Mike in Millington. Mike, you're on. Hey, guys. uh, Thanks for taking my call. Look, man, I I went to the game this Friday and watched it and then left other frustrated. And a friend of mine that's uh, been a season ticket holder for quite some time, we were talking Sunday, and he said, man, this is the first year since I graduated from the university that I haven't bought season tickets. And I just can't bring myself to buy them anymore under this. That speaks a lot. And you see the, the season tickets going down. You can't extend the guy, man. I mean, it's, it, it's insanity to do that. I mean, it, it's not going to get not going to get any better when you've got you brought guy in from Arkansas. You brought players in that you're going to lose this year. They're they're gone. So what is there to look into the future of? I mean, there's just go back. Right back down to six and six, five and seven. I mean, it's just what it is. It's meandering mediocrity. And I was for the guy getting the job. It's, it's the front side of it. And then then go to watch that, and then guys are running wide open 20 yards and then calling fair catch on, on kickoffs, and there's nobody within 20 yards of you. I'm like, what in the world is going mm-hmm. on? Mm-hmm. It's hard to watch, man. You're 79 rows up off the field, and we enjoyed the energy of the crowd, but then you're seeing – Poor coaching. It's just, it, dude, look, it's time to cut the bait and let the guy go. You, if it's eight and four, it, I don't even think you can keep him at ten and two. The, the, the conference is, it's just. Oh, I mean, Mike, ten and two. He's he's he's, he's going to be here I next know, year. I but I, I, that, I, that's I, the I, issue, Brian. Is that I, I understand? I mean, logical. I mean, but I mean, like, I look. I, I I think it's you know. A coach being let go for eight and four is is like it's uh, and Mike appreciate the call. It's you, it's it's seemingly you know uh, absurd, but a deeper dive into the program relative to what he inherited. I mean, Ryan Silver was an offensive line coach, and the offensive line stinks. I mean, that's 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 a problem. You know, uh, it's just you, you go out and you get these big you know these big school transfers to come here. With the exception of Simeon Blair, they're all complete misses. Toski Dove didn't even get on the field. You know, I mean, what was that about? So I don't know. It's a uh, it's it's not a great situation. We go to Jeffrey in Arkansas. Jeffrey, you're on. Hey guys, just to uh, put a positive spin on this, a little less silver field and maybe some more uh, women's soccer. We're kicking ass in that. <laughs> well, John calls them the most successful program on campus. <laughs> Top ten. Thanks. They are. Yeah. I mean, look. I, I mean, it, it's true. Uh, thanks for the. I don't have anything else to say to, uh, on that one, Brad. Uh, thanks for the call, Jeffrey. Uh, but yeah, they've they, I, I number give, nine in the country. Give them props for that. Twelve There's and no, one on the season, six and zero oh in the AAC. They know what they're doing. That is uh, completely separate of the discussion we are having at present. You know, I mean, there are big financial decisions that have to be made. Uh, you know, for the for the health of Memphis and and you know, and I think that's the that's that's the, that's what I really struggle with, like. And I'm look. People are gonna say I'm being hard on Silverfield, I guess. But you know, you you have such ambition. You have such ambition. You shouldn't feel that way. Well, I, because what you're saying now is what I was saying before the season. Yeah. Now what I what I was giving him credit for was you've gotten yourself at a point right. where four and one, you get this win, and it's all you got a chance to get it all back. Not not at all. Not game day like we said, but all the excitement's right there. Yes. I mean that's that's it's where we were stirred to. That's what's where we were this preseason. It seems like now you're here. 
you're you're here where where some of us were that this is unacceptable and you made a great point that even eight and four is more like six and six this year 100%. because of how bad the conference is. Yes. that's the, the the point that you made that I agree and, the most. And look, with I know today. that if like if for example if we had Ryan Silverfield on but, right now, he would have his own version of things. He would say, "Well, it's hard to do this and it's hard to do that." He'd tell you to stick with him. And, and, and I got and NIL that, and I got I got transfer portal. I got all these things, but everybody has those things. UTSA has those things. Uh, Tulane has those things. Every program in America has to deal with those same problems. So you have to deal with them too. And you can't even look around your own conference and say yeah. you've got you know fewer resources than your, the rest yes. of the people in your conference. You don't. Exactly right. So it, from it's, a resource standpoint, you're at the top. You know, you, I, I can tell you what Tulane doesn't have. I can tell you what UTSA doesn't have. I can tell you what you know SMU. What well, maybe S, not SMU, but but I can tell you what those two teams. They don't have Dan Mullen coming in there on a Thursday night with ESPN. Talking about how beautiful the facilities That's what I'm are. Tell you, that they right? rival Power Five facilities, some better than what he's been at. That ain't happening at those places. Oh. Okay, it's happening here because Memphis does have those advantages. Um, and, and so, yeah, look, it, it is what it is in that sense. And uh, how do you sort of, with a straight face, ask for two hundred and fifty million dollars? And you know, this is sort of the product that you're putting out. It's like ambition, like uh, theoretically. And then in practice, it's just not it's just not much. It's just you know, um, and I and I would also say this to any because it's the same thing. You know, we happen to know who Tubby's successor was, right? Uh, but just because you don't know who you're going to hire next, doesn't mean that you shouldn't make the move. I would always tell people like you can fi- you can find that out. Have an idea of what you want. Have an idea. You want a fresh start. You want excitement. You want somebody who's going to come in here play a certain type of way, a certain style. You know. You just have an idea, but don't don't not make a move because oh I don't know what I'm gonna do. It's like staying in a bad marriage, you know. Mm-hmm. What am I gonna do? I've never been alone, you know. But sometimes you gotta go out there and you gotta you gotta do it. It's better than staying in a bad marriage. Mm-hmm. There's know? also the wild card move that would be you know checking the interest level of a Fuente if you if you moved right now. Could Who do knows that. if Fuente is yeah. available? I, I, my, I my only, again, does that get people excited in a way that Penny Hardaway? No, it doesn't. But it no, it's, but but with Fuente, it's proven right. that he could do it here, and he'd be doing it in a lesser conference. Yes, and there's a a need on that side of things to rebuild. Again, Fuente if, was, if you're at a point where you're moving on from Silverfield, it doesn't matter if it's Fuente or somebody else, right? Like you, you're just trying to get a new start. I mean, I wouldn't move well, on from him hoping and thinking I'm getting Fuente. I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't know if he wants to do. it. I don't know if what the interest in is from his family is. I, again, I, I mean, if you had a guy that was interested at one point in North Texas, why would he not be interested in? Well, just just because he's there already, I mean, that would be the argument. He's already living in North Texas. But my thing is, he's not going to sit on a sideline forever, and you could you'd almost hear that and watch his daughters. Yeah, God bless him for forever here. And you've got he's got to rebuild. He can't just go jump back in a power five job as a head coach. Yeah, and so for both sides. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I just don't know. I don't. So I'm just. And my thing would be if if you waited, it'll go through another year of Silverfield after an eight and four. Is 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 a guy like Puente still going to be available? To your point. Whether it's an, uh, some hot OC or whatever else from a Power Five, whatever else, I'm with you. You don't make the move, but you've got a guy right there who did it here. Yeah, I'm sure they might be interested I'm in sure doing it again. Make, make the call if they get to that point. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, I know, I know, like there will be some people who say, "Well, this team is four and two, and you know they were right there." It's like right there in your fourth year in a horrible league is not good enough. It may be good enough for you. Well, it's with your third-year starter. How much better can you get at that? It only gets worse from here, most likely. I mean, it's just the truth. Like you're gonna you're gonna lose guys. You're gonna lose you know confidence. All those things, fans. All those things. It's just you know, 
that is the brutal nature of playing in this league. You only get so many opportunities. So when you blow them and you don't cash them in, they hurt. Mm-hmm. They hurt. They hurt your 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 job security. They hurt your fans' excitement. They hurt confidence from players, current and future. Um, it's just the reality, you know. The margin is thin at Memphis, but it always. When has it never not been thin at Memphis? It's not unique to Silverfield. Um, and some coaches, you know, maximize these opportunities. Justin Fuente beat Ole Miss. You know, Mike Norvell won the league. He beat Ole Miss. I mean, it, you know, it's not like Memphis coaches haven't cashed in on these opportunities. Yeah. It's like, oh, damn That's it. That's he doesn't have. I mean, it's just, uh, uh, what am I supposed to do? I mean, you know, we'll, you know, this, and, I, and I would say the same thing for the po- folks that are pointing to yeah. Memphis basketball and saying, well, Penny's got attendance going down. I would point to there's still a belief level there. Penny is winning AAC that tournament program titles. Is on a the, the, positive trajectory. It is on a positive trajectory. I would tell you some of those attendance problems are more uh, representative of college basketball. Ten- you know, transfers, portal, guys not being here four years, all that stuff, than they are, you know, the, the, the lack of a lack of belief in what Penny Hardaway is doing. That, that's the difference there. With this, if you keep missing on opportunities like this, again, we've seen Penny come through on those. You keep missing opportunities like you had on Friday night. There is no belief. Exactly. Exactly. Look, I know it's a harsh conversation. People are probably like, they just lost a tough one, to, you know, but – you got it. You got to cash these in, folks. I well, mean, they're in just, a hard spot. Yeah, you got like I'm. I'm sorry. It's almost purgatory. They can win by 50 points against UAB this weekend, and it will not matter. It will not matter. Um, so anyway, that's the uh, that's the rub on Memphis football. A whole hour for you there on the Tigers football program. And uh, look, it, 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 I hate to be this blunt about it. Anything they do the next three weeks uh, is it, just not going to matter. Until they until they get SMU and do so, if they whatever they do, it's just not going to matter. It's default stuff. It's like so you could just basically. Well, you lose it matters. Then yeah, and, well, then he's got that's he's true, got even true. more of a problem on his hands. But I mean, could, that's a good thing. It moves you to yes. one direct one side yes. or the other on yes. Ryan Silver.